Today's daf is daf ayin. We are holding at the top of ayin amud aleph. We have gone. We're going through slowly the ten uh, different uh, uh, status of yichus that came up with Ezra from Bavel for the building of the second base Amigdash. So we started off Kohanim, Levi, and Yisraelim. They went through which groups and how do we know that those groups actually went up with Ezra. So we're up to the next group, which is the Geri V'charuri. Now Geri V'charuri actually have the same status. A Ger is a convert, and, a, and, a, and an Eved Meshuchrar, once he's freed, also has the status of a convert, full-fledged Yidin. So Minalan, from where it says, how do we know that, that these uh, Gerim and Charurim came up with Ezra from Eretz Yisrael. So Amrav Chista, the Amakro, says, V'chol anivdal mitumas goyei ha'aretz. And the Pasuk over there, the first part of the Pasuk, which we don't have, says that they ate Korban Pesach together with, so all of the Bnei Yisrael, together with those that had rejected the Tumah of the Goya Aretz, means those that converted, right? And so that's what it's referring to, those that rejected, ate with them. So obviously it's referring to the converts, but it doesn't call them Geirim, which is all those rejected, which includes in it both the Geirim and the Eved Meshuchrar. They ate from the Korban Pesach as well, having come up with them to, uh, to, to Eretz Yisrael. So that that's, shows us that, that those two categories, Geri uh, were, were came up as well. Let's go to the next one. The next one is Mamzeri. How do we know that in the group coming up, there was also a, a group of people that were defined as Mamzerim, that they knew for sure they were Mamzerim? So what is the chsiv? Because the Pesach says like this, right? This, again, is a Pesach in Nechemia, that we're going to see that it says, Vayishma Sanbalet HaChorani, Vitovia Ha'eved Ha'amoni. The reason this is being brought down to show there was a fellow whose name was Tovia, right? Tovia, and he was a, an Ammonite slave. He was an Eved, he was an Eved Kanani, an Eved, right? It says, now what does it say? Vixiv, Kirabim Yehuda Balish Wolloi. Now this Tovia, even though he was an Eved formally, he didn't say that he became free, he was an Eved, but many signed up. Uh, uh, to uh, to uh, uh, swore allegiance to him is considered to be a chash of guy. Why? Ki hu ben Arach because he married the daughter of Shechania ben Arach. Means he married a Jewess. He was an Eved, and he married uh, the daughter of Shechania. And Shechania was considered to be a chash of guys. So he married into that family. So people, many people, swore allegiance to him. Benai Lakach is Bas Meshulam ben Barachia, and his son Tovia's son, who Lechora also was from this union of him having married this Shechania, all right, the Shechania's daughter, whose name was Yochanan, also married a Jewish woman who was the daughter of Meshulam ben Barachia. So, and in order for this to be a valid proof, Kasavar, you have to say that the ton of our Mishnah was saying that Mamzerim were part of the group that went up, all right? So therefore must be, they're of the position, which we saw, not everybody agrees with that. In fact, that's not the halacha, that if an Ovid Gochavim or an Evid have relations with the Bas Yisrael, the Vlad, the child, will be a Mamzer. So again, 
uh, uh, let's go back. We want to know how do we know that there was Mamzerim in the group that came from Babel to Ergistro. So it brought a raya that there was this fellow whose name was Tovia, who's identified as an Eved Ammoni, that he, for some reason, he was considered to be a Choshev guy because he married into a certain family, which is a Jewish family, which means he married Jewish, and he had a son whose name was Yochanan, who also married Jewish, Yochanan, and they both, they want to assume that they are both, Yochanan was the child of the union of his father marrying a Jewish woman, so he's an Eved marrying a Jewish woman, and assuming that this Yochanan also had children, those children would be Mamzerim, because this opinion holds that when an Eved or an Eved Yochavim has relations with the Baz Yisrael, the child is considered to be a Mamzer. So Gemara says like this, this only is a proof, meaning that's if you go with the opinion, which again, is not the necessarily accepted la'alocha, is that you'd have to say the Tanav Mishnah, the Raya, because that, that, that if an Evid marries a, uh, a Ba'as Yisrael, the Vlad is a Mamzer, then you can say that's a Raya, that Mamzerim were brought up with Ezra. So El Lamanda Amra Vlad Kosh, but if you hold that the child is considered might be damaged some on some level, but he's considered a full-fledged Yisroel and does not have the disqualification of Amzerus, so then Michael Mam say, how are you going to bring a raya? Means we don't want to limit our Mishnah going, especially like an opinion that's not Lahaloch number one. Versu, and furthermore, is Mimai Dahavaluhubani. Means how do you know that there were children? from the unions. I mean, you're saying this Tovia, number one, you're saying is he married a Jewish woman and his son married a Jewish woman. So first of all, how do you know that the son that he had was from the union of, with that Jewish woman? How do you know that that was, so maybe that was like from a, another Evid or an Ovid Kuchovim, number one. And furthermore, how do you know his son had any children? So therefore, you're, you're basing yourself on that he married, an, uh, he married a Jewish woman and his son married a Jewish woman and therefore there were Mamzerim that came up. How do you know, first of all, that his son came from a union with a Jewish woman and how do you know that his son actually had children? That's the one's question. Vesu and furthermore, Mimai Dehacha Havaluhu. Furthermore, how do you know that those marriages that resulted in children, even if you say they did result in children, how do you know that happened in Bovel and then they went up with them to Israel? Maybe the children that they might have had only took place in Eretz Yisrael. And then we haven't answered the question because our question was, how do we know that there were 10 categories that went up and one of those 10 categories were Mamzerim? So how do you know Mamzerim went from Babel to Eretz Yisrael? You still haven't brought a raya. So therefore, how do you know that it was here in Babel? And then they went up. Maybe the wives, assuming they did have children with those wives and assuming they would be Mamzerim, but maybe maybe had in Eretz Yisrael. We're going to bring another raya. How do we know that the category of Mamzerim came Came up from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael. So it's one of the riots from here. It says, Ve'ela ha'olim, that part of the group that went up from where? From Tel Melach, Tel Kharsha, uh, Kruv Adon, the Imar. So the simple reading is these were uh, uh, areas in Bavel, and, from, and, and, and people went up from these areas to, uh, to, to Eretz Yisrael with, the, with those that, were, uh, that went up with 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 the uh, with Ezra, but now uh, uh, the, the the one is going to say that these names might I, whether they're real places or not real places, but it reflects behaviors of the type of people that went up, and from there we're going to see that Mamzerim and Suffolk Mamzerim and Stuki and Asufi were all went up because of the behaviors that are associated with these groups of people. So let's see, let's, let's just finish the pause. Ve'ela olam itel melach, tel charasha, kruv adan ve'imer, 
right? And the pastor concludes that these groups of people were not able to identify the yichas of their father or their source, their source being the mother. They weren't even, and some of them, they weren't even able to identify not only the father, they weren't even able to identify who the mothers were, right? In Yisrael, if they came from Jewish sources. So now let's go through each one of the groups. Tell Melach. What is the first group tell Melech? These were people, they're called, the place was, they were referred to either, they were referred to tell Melech, or the place they came from was for tell Melech, is because they acted in the same way as Sdom. Now, why is Sdom referred to as tell Melech? Because why? Because Sdom itself was turned into a pillar of, of salt. Now Rashi brings down, what does that have to do with Mamzerim? So Rashi says that they had very uh, strange rules in, 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 in Zdom, that the outcome of these rules resulted in Mamzerim. How so? So Rashi gives down an example, one of them. If somebody would uh, strike a pregnant woman, right? They had a rule that if that you cause a pregnant woman to miscarriage, the woman would have to move in to the assailant, and she would not go back to her husband until you re-impregnated her, which obviously, therefore, that child would be a mamzer. So they had these type of rules that, that resulted in vadai mamzerin. So therefore, then, and this was mimicked or copied by the people of Tel Melach. So therefore, there, that's your group of vadai mamzerin. All right. So therefore, like this: Tel Harosha. What's the next group that was called the Tel Harosha? That somebody calls out father and ima mishatakte, and his mother silence silences him. Cheresh is like somebody like literally you can't hear. You're deaf. You silence to silence someone. All right, make him like a cheresh. All right. So therefore. That fits the next category. There's Vare Mamzer, then there's Stuki, which he doesn't know who his father is, which creates a situation of a Suffolk Mamzer. And that's the last category that not only did not, did not know who the father was, but they also didn't know who the mother was. And that refers to the category that's known as a Sufi. Why is it called a Sufi? That he's gathered in, he was found on the doorstep. He was gathered in from the market, and we don't, that's for sure a Suffolk Mamzer. We don't know at all who the father or the mother is. Now, let's go back and, and finish off explaining the entire possible. Pazik says then, Kuruv Adon Ve'imer. So Kruv, all right, which literally means a cherub. You know, that was a, those are the things that are on top of the, 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 oh, right. the cherub on the Aron Kodesh. Right, Adon and Imar. So Amar Abavohu. So Ravo says this refers to the following. That Amar Adon, the, the, that the Adon, Adon Olam, Kodesh Baruch Hu said, Ani Amar Tihi Yisrael I wanted that the Jewish people should have a relationship with me that they should be like 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 holy like the holy Keruvim. But they went, they made themselves like a leopard. Raji says that out of all the animals, leopards are the ones that there's no concept of staying with the same mate. They're very promiscuous. They impregnate and run prison. So therefore, I wanted them to be holy, and they act like this leopard that they don't keep the lineage pure. Okay? Some flip it around and actually take it, they make a positive out of it. 
Amar Adon, that what Pazuk is saying is that, uh, that Akurj Borch, the master of the world, said, that even though Bnei Yisroel have lowered their sanctity by acting like a leopard, right? Nevertheless, I still view them in terms of my relationship with them like the cherub, like the kruv, right? We know that the kruv had that sensitivity, right? That they, they, they embraced when, 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 when there was a good relationship and they turned their backs on one another when the relationship said, so first the relationship. If a person marries a woman that is not fit for him, now Raji says it's more than just uh, Midos wise, it means geneolo- genealogically that she is not fit. I mean, it's like it's wrong for him to be marrying this type of woman, right? In terms of it, it taints the, his, his, the purity of his genealogical pool. So, this person is used as if he plowed the entire world, and then in the furrows placed salt. We know that that's the way you, uh, you, you prevent a, a, a field from being able to produce. So he's basically destroyed the world. He's making the world unproductive by marrying women that are not genealogically fit for him. Shenemar ve'eluha'olim. And it's based on the same passage. These are the ones that went up from Tel Melach, Tel Harosha. Tel Melach, Tel Harosha means again that these are the people that we're saying is that we're saying the word, in our Chorosh, we're saying it comes from the word, to be Choresh is to, to plow, that they plow, tell Melech, and they play, and, 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 and in these furrows, they play salt by not marrying genealogically fit women for them. Okay. Somebody marries a woman just for the sake of her money, means he's willing to taint his lineage, just because she has money, all right? You should know that the children are going to be unworthy, unfit, means they're gonna be genealogically blemished, but it's much more than that. And they're gonna really act what they are. They're gonna act that way because you've tainted their genealogy just for money. They have rebelled, they've been, uh, they've acted inappropriately with Hashem. By causing themselves to have children that are strange or estranged. All right? Now, the Shema Tamra Mom and Paula. Now, you might say, okay, the punishment is that they're going to have these kind of children, but at least they're going to have the money that they gained by marrying these women. Ah, uh-uh, that doesn't happen either. Talmud Lomar, Ata Yechlem Chaydesh Eschel We're going to see that means quickly, in a month that their portion will end up being consumed. Means not only are going to result in having children that are unfit, but their money that they thought they're going to be gaining is going to be devoured, is going to be consumed by the enemy. Now you might think it only affects, he's the one doing something wrong, so the man is going to lose his portion. Raji says, the next which is written over to him, will be destroyed. But the next Malug, which the wife still retains a portion of, maybe that still will be safeguarded, it will not be destroyed. In plural, because not only does his chalik get wiped out, but her chalik will get wiped out as well. Maybe this will take a long time and you'll still be able to, in the meantime, enjoy some of those, uh, the, some of that wealth. 
It says in a month. By Mashman, how do we see that means quickly? That by the time one month has come in and another month has gone, that one, the new month has come in and the old month has gone out, in that period, Mamonim Abba. It means another way of saying it's going to happen very quickly. Don't think you're going to get to enjoy your wealth if you marry down just for the sake of money and you ruin your, your offspring because of it. I'm a rabbi Rab Somebody marries a woman that is not for, fit for him. Exactly what this means. But Elianovi ties him to the post. And Akkadosh Baruch himself will be the one who comes and whips him with this allegory. Figuratively or literally, not clear exactly what this means, but this is what happens to this fellow. And, uh, and in all of these uh, these cases where it's a kohen levi yisroel men that wear, where there are people that marry women that are not fit for them for for, for them hakadosh baruch so Eliyahu writes down that uh, uh, we'll see what, what exactly is written and hakadosh baruch comes and seals it and what is written woe to him that disqualified his children this is what is written and sealed and he blemished his family and marries a woman is not fit for him now the Bach the, the Gra takes us out but we just said it but keep going now if somebody goes around disqualifying other people. You have the person like that. He's going to tell everybody, your apostle, your apostle, your apostle, go around disqualifying others. That's a sign that what? Apostle, that he himself is genealogically disqualified. And another way that this manifests himself, that someone who disqualifies others, he never has good things to say about anything. He's just a, 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 a negative person. He never speaks about positive concerning anyone, not just the one he's disqualifying. And Amar Shmuel, this is a famous dictum of Shmuel, that Kalaposel, the Mumoposel, is that usually the disqualification that he, uh, that he attaches to others is really, if you dig down, you will find that he himself has that. This is a, a, a psychological is it like a, 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 a insight that those who put down others in the way they put them down is reflecting, what are they, what's the word for that? They're uh, projecting their own disqualification that they have. Rabbi brings down a story. Ahu Gavra, there was a certain individual, that came from the city of Pumpadisa. happened to be visiting the city of Pumpadisa, and he went into the butcher. He wanted to buy himself a steak. So Bistra, he said he was next in line. He said, "Okay, I want meat." So Amrule, they said to him, "You have to wait because Netar Yehuda Yehuda, the famous Rabbi Yehuda Amarav, Yehuda Amashmul, he became the Rosh Hashiva in Pumpadiso. So you have to wait because his attendant is here, and uh, we 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 mechaben him." He gets served first because he's bringing the, the, the food back to Rabbi Yehuda. All right? So first let us deal with him and then we will address you. So Amar, so this fellow was not happy with that. Man Yehuda bar Shaviskel. He made a play on word. Yecheskel, Shaviskel, Shaviskel is a glutton. Who's this Rab Yehuda the glutton? The Kadim, man, who's this Yehudim called Rab? Who's this Yehuda bar Shaviskel? The Kadim lead the Shakel men kamoi. That should come before me and take before me. 
So Azla Amalei le Rav Yehuda, they went and told Rav Yehuda how this person behaved, all right, embarrassing and putting down his attendant as well as Rav Yehuda. So Shamte, Rav Yehuda put him in Cherem. He put a ban on him. So Amru, then they said that to Rav Yehuda, Ragel Dekara Inji Avda, this fellow is known, he acts this way in general. He, call, he is, the Derech is, he goes around calling people Avodim. He calls them slaves. So Yehuda proclaimed, he made a public announcement that this fellow has to be dealt with moving forward as an Eved. So Azalahu, so this fellow went, So he went back to Nahardah, where he was from, and he summoned Rav Yehuda, he went to Rav Nachman, and he said, I want to bring a court case against him for defamation. And he summoned, he subpoenaed Rav Yehuda to come to court in the city of Nahardah, where Rav Nachman was the Av based in. So Isopitka Hasmana, so they uh, brought the subpoena to Rav Yehuda. Now Rav Yehuda did not know what he should do. Also Rav Yehuda commanded Rav Huna. So he went to Rav Huna. And he wanted to know, Rav Huna was one of the Chachamim, the great Chachamim of the time, and he said, he's a Talmud of Rav as well, Yehuda's a Talmud of Rav, Rav Huna was a Talmud of Rav. So Amalei, so Rav Yehuda, he said to him, Ezel or Ezel, should I go, shouldn't I go? Because there is a rule that if a lesser rabbi subpoenas and summons a greater rabbi, the greater rabbi is not required to go. It's a Kavadah Torah, Derech Eretz, you go to him, you don't summon him to come to you. So should I go to the based in of Rav Nachman, there have been summoned. So Amar Lezer, Rav Huna said to him, Mezel, Mezel, Din, you don't really have to go, Bishum because you're greater than Rav Nachman, and he has no right subpoenaing you. However, Rav Nachman himself is married the wife of Rav Nachman, famous Yilta, we're going to see Yilta mentioned a number of times in Shas. She's the daughter of the Reish Galuso. So he's connected. He's got protection. You know, it's in order not to uh, create a bizarre and, and uh, the, affecting the honor of the family of the Reish Galuso, of the Nasi. So then, Kumzil, you should go. Okay. Now, the Gemara is going to bring a story over here that Rav Yehuda went, but he made it clear to Rav Nachman that Rav Nachman is not on the level that he had the right to summon him. And he's going to be picking on everything that Rav Nachman does in a way that makes Rav Nachman feel like he's an Amaoritz, like he doesn't know how long. That's the story that's going to happen here. So also, when Rav Yehuda came, he showed up at the house of Rav Nachman, and he saw Rav Nachman was on the rooftop building a maka. Maka is a parapet, the fence around the top of the roof. So Amar Leisur, Yehuda said to him, Do you not agree with the ruling that was named in the name of Shmuel? When a person's put in a leadership position in the community, you're not allowed to do menial work. You're not allowed, it's, it's, it's considered to be demeaning to the position for you to be doing menial work in front of three people and there are three people in front of you and you're sitting here working on top of your roof that you should not be doing. So Amalezer, Nachman answered him, Purta de Gundarisa Hudaka Vidna. I'm only making a, 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 doing a, fixing a small portion of the Gundarisa. Gundarisa is a, a, a fancy name for a fence. 
So therefore, since it's not that much menial work, it's not a hard thing for me to do, I don't consider this to be violating the, the, that rule. So now, Yehuda said, Amale, why are you using this highfalutin term for fence? You don't like using the term that the, the Torah uses, or you don't like using the word that Chazal used. He says, Misanya, is it repulsive to you? Ma'ako, to use the word Ma'ako, Tersiv, Ma'ako Taselu Gageko, Tersiv Boi that's the word in the Torah, right? Or Mechitzo, use the word Mechitzo, the Amr Rabbonu, that they refer to it, that you have to come up with this uh, word, Gundariso, or you have to use a fancy word, but it's not, it's not okay just to use the words of Chazal, or right, of the, of, of the Torah. So Amale, fine. So let's move on. Let's go to the next thing. So Amale, fine. Yosef Mar Akarpito. He says, why don't you sit down on the carpito? Now, carpito is also a fancy name for a bench. A bench. Rav, uh, Rav Nachman said to Rav Yehuda. So Amale, Rav Yehuda said to him, Misani, Safsal, the Amr Rabbon. In the Mishnayis, the Chachamim always use the word Safsal. So what? You can't use the word Safsal, the words that the, that the Chachamim use. Or even itztabah, the Amri Inchi, or use the word itztabah. That was the uh, vernacular, the common term that people used, right? You have to use a fancy word, akarpito, right? So Amalei Lechomar Esronga. He says you should eat some Esronga. Esronga is also a fancy name for an. Esrog, right. So, uh, so Lechomar Esronga. So again, Amalei, Hachi Amar Shmuel. Shmuel, my Rebbe, said. That if people use a fancy name Esronga, call Omer Esronga Tilda A third of them is made up of arrogance. They have arrogance essence, and a third of their essence is arrogant. They're going to use a fancy word, right? Tilda Ram, right? Or Esroik Kariyah or use the word Esroik, which we see Chazal use. Or Esroga Tamri Inchi, that's the vernacular in the Aramaic, they use the word Esroga. But to use the word Esronga, that's considered to be an arrogant way of showing off. So Amale Lishtemar Anbaga. He said you should drink a cup of Anbaga. Anbaga is like the, the, the cup of coffee of the time. We had him so much like the morning drink. Have a cup of Angaba. So Amale again, me sunny Espargus. Is it the word Espargus which the Chachamim use? Yeah, that's that's considered to be uh, for you uh, 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 repulsive to carry upon it with the way the Chachamim refer to it, or Anpak, or you want to use the word Anpak to call me Inchi. All right, that's the normal that the people speak that way, and you have to use the word Anbagam. So Amale Tasi Donag Tashkinon. Let my daughter Donag. He had a daughter's name was Donag. Let her come and 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 serve us. So Amale Hachi Amar you're not allowed to make use of a woman. A woman's not allowed to come and serve a man other than the wife. You're not allowed to do it. It creates intimacy between them. I saw this even in the, in the, in the modern day Paiskim. Should you have your secretary make coffee for you? As I, as I brought down. Anyway, a man's not allowed to make use of a woman because it creates a certain level of intimacy between them and it's not appropriate. So he said, so Rav Nachman said, that's Rosh Ketanahi, she's a, she's a minor, she's a, a little girl. So he says, so Yehuda responded, Shmuel said explicitly, You're not allowed to make use of a woman at all, whether she is an adult or she is a minor. Fine. So uh, next. Would you like to send a greeting to my wife Yalta, and we're going to see that she must have been in the right in the in the area. Would you like to send greetings to her? 
So Amar Lei, so Rav Yehuda answered, Hachi Amar Shmuel, this is what Shmuel said, is called the Isha Erva, that the voice of a woman is considered to be Erva. Erva is considered to be uh, a, 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 something could create, create thoughts of immorality, it's provocative, and therefore you, can't, you shouldn't send a greeting if she's going to come back and respond, even though normally it's only that expression of Kol Beisha Erva is used for singing. But it means, over here, it means that if it's done in the form of greeting, how you doing, how you doing, it, it also has the same level of impropriety because it could create, uh, it's considered inappropriate. So, so there's discussions about what about today, the culture is different, not for now. Now, after Ali Deshalia, so, so Rav Nachman said, okay, you don't have to have her come back, we can do it through an agent. So I'm a lazy, it doesn't help either. We're not allowed to send greetings to a woman at all, even through an agent, because again, it creates that, it breaks down barriers, it creates those, that intimacy. So Rav Nachman said, but Ali Bala, I'm the, the husband is doing it. If the husband is doing it, Lechara, we should not have any concerns. Who to answer him? That we know that Shmuel said, do not send greetings at all to a woman, even through her husband. Now, Tesis asked the question, he says, we find by the Malachim that they said, where is she? Right? So Tesis says, you're allowed to ask about how your wife is, but you're not supposed to send greetings to her. Okay, that's the Tesis answer. Anyway, so the Gemara says like this. So now, Yilta, who had been uh, somehow pr- privy to this, this going back and forth, so, uh, so she said, so his wife sent him the following message, right? And the little piece of paper, opened it up. She says, Sharele Tigresis, release this guy of his dispute. I don't know what he's doing over here, but you cannot keep this guy around. He's going to make you seem like a complete Amaretz, like everybody else. By the get, it, get rid of the guy. See what the problem is and release him and go. You don't want this guy hanging around. So Amalei, Rav Nachman said to Rabbi Yehuda, it's interesting that he did not know what Rabbi Yehuda was actually doing there. He said, "My shiate demar hacha, what brings the master here to Narada? What are you doing? Why do you come from Pumbedisa to Narada? So Amalei, Taska de Hasmanusa, Shadam Abasroi, he says, you and your best, then you subpoenaed me. What do you mean what I'm doing here? You guys send me a subpoena. Amalei, so Rav Nachman said, Hasta shusa demar lo gamirna. He said, I don't even have the level to understand the right language that is expected from you. He says, I'm gonna have the chutzpah to go ahead and, 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 and subpoena you to come to my basin. You think I would have the chutzpah to come and, and, and subpoena you? He took out from his chest, he had in his chest, in his pocket, inside pocket, he took out and showed him, Rav, Nach, Rav Yehuda showed Rav Nachman that this basin in, in Hardah had subpoenaed him. Right? And he showed it to him. He says, okay, what can I do? Here is the man. Uh, here is the man. I guess I don't remember who is speaking. He says, here is the man. Here is the, uh, the, 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 the subpoena. I'm here to, you, you, to, 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 because you've summoned me. So now, somehow, okay, this, this must, somebody's going to lose his job over here. I mean, the base did. It went through the base. Did. Somebody went and sent it without maybe you know, discussing it with Rav Nachman. But what, what happened is, okay, listen. He said, I'm a lay. He says, technically, you should not have come. Right? And this is not. But you're here now. 
The problem over here is if people who are seeing what's going on see that I just send you home without dealing with it, they're going to say, you know what, oh, these rabbis, you know, uh, they, uh, what is it, uh, they, 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 uh, playing fa- they're playing favorites over here, right? So, since the mass is already here, so therefore say your case, so we could, have, we could deal with it. Some people should not say that the rabbis are being mechan of one another. They're, 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 they're showing favoritism to one another. So Amalei, so Yehuda said like this. I'm sorry, so Nachman asked of Yehuda. He says, My time is Shamte Marlahu Gavra. Why did you put him in Cherem? Let's start with that. So, so Yehuda answered, because he was harassing the agent of, a, of the Chachamim, right? And therefore, that's why he deserved to be punished. You don't have a right to harass one of the Shluchim of the Rabbonim. That seems to be the appropriate behavior. Because Rav would give lashes to a person that harasses Shliach of the Rabbonim. So why did you put him in Cherem? All right. So now, so what is, uh, that at this point, he hadn't told him that he also calls people Avodim. We're going to see that. That is the, pro, right? And what says like this? The Adif Mine Avdule. He says, listen, I felt that it's better in, under the circumstances to give him a more severe punishment, which is the one of putting him in Cherem, which actually... But based didn't have a right to determine a more severe punishment. And that's what I felt that based on, on, on this person's behavior. Because this person, by the way, did not just harass the shliach. He also disparaged Rabbi Yehuda himself, right? Shizviskal, he called him a glutton, right? So I thought that was the right way to deal with him. So my time So then why did you then say that he should be dealt with as an evan? So I'm a lady, Rabbil Dakari in Shiavdi, because I found out about this fellow that goes around calling other people Avodim. The Tantani, and we've learned in Abraisa that that anyone who declares people to be genealogically disqualified, he himself is disqualified. And he also never speaks positively about anyone. And Shmuel said about such a person, I'm a Shmuel, that usually when that person acts in that way, he's usually disqualifying with the blemish that he himself has. So since he is calling everybody else an Ebed, I felt the right behavior, the right appropriate way to deal with it is that he himself should be classified as an Ed. So Rav Nachman asked him, he said like this, that when Shmuel said that if you see someone disqualifying people, you have to worry that he has the same disqualification, that's that means that you have to be concerned, like marrying into that kind of person's family. I mean, you have to deal with that person, you have to be concerned. But not that you get up publicly and say, give a clap on the bimba, this guy is an... Evid, right? So when it says that I am a damn Shmuel, the be concerned about him. But did Shmuel really say that you should publicly proclaim that this is that person's status? So in the meantime, while this discussion was going on, let's skip the parentheses. Amar Leahu Bardine Rav Yehuda. One, that seems to be that when they, when you had to go to court. The plaintiff, the one who lodged the complaint, is there too. So this guy who lodged the complaint happened to be in the presence of while this is going on. So he, he, he jumped up and he said, He said, you have a chutzpah to call me an Evan. He says, I have royal blood. 
I come from, I'm a descendant from the Chashmonoyim. Right, that's what this guy said. So, Amar Leis of Yehuda said, that proves that he's an Evet. Why? Because Hachi Amar Shmuel, because Shmuel said the following, you know that the Chashmonoyim, there was a rebellion. Herod was a slave of the Chashmonoyim, and he got up and he killed all of them, and he took over the Malchus. So this really actually proves, he says, I am from the descendants of Hashmonayim, the only there was there was no one left alive. It means it's coming from Herod. It's coming from Herod. It's coming from Herod. It's Araya, the Taka. He is tainted with the Evid gene. If anyone today will say, I'm a descendant from the Hashmonayim, after it's a sign that he is an Evid. Amar Lay. So, uh, so Rav Nachman said one second. He says that there is a, 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 a following principle is that if you are, have quoted a certain uh, ruling in the past, and then a situation happens and you draw back on that ruling, then we can accept the ruling. However, if a situation happens and now, based on that situation, you now come up with the ruling, that ruling is not acceptable because we're concerned that what? That maybe the ruling was only said to bolster, so therefore, if we would have had in the past this knowledge that Shmuel said, that anyone who says, I come from Beis Chashmonoi, right, he's an Eved, says, okay, now you're saying it's a proof. But we had never heard that before. And now you're saying it, we can't accept that because it looks like home cooking. It looks like you're making it up in order to, to, so therefore like this. So does the master not agree? Rav Nachman's asking of Yehuda, do you not agree with the ruling? said in the name of Rav, that who gives a legal ruling, means, and he bases it on something that has now happened, means that he's saying something based on a ruling that is now coming to light, he says, uh, he says, uh, uh, if he had said that ruling before he ruled, previously, before the situation that came to, came to light, so then Amra Shomila, we can accept the ruling based on the, we can accept the ruling for this situation based on the fact that that halacha had been said previously. But Imla, but if this ruling is only coming to light now, Post the situation that we have in front of him, ain't shomen law. We cannot accept it. So you're saying that Shmuel said that anyone comes to base chashmonoi is an evid. There's new information to us. We can't use that to say that this guy is an evid. So Amalei, if Yehuda answered, Ha'ikar of Mas the Kavosi, Rav Nasno, he holds like me. Means he was there when Shmuel said it, and therefore he can corroborate that this was said before the situation that we're dealing with. Now, the Gemara says like this, that this Rav Masna, he had not been in Ardah for 13 years. Rav Masna was somewhere else, and he had not stepped foot in Ardah in 13 years. That day, Rav Masna visits the city of Nahardah. So they summon him to Beistin. So Amar Lei, so Yehuda said to Rav Masna, do you remember Amar Shmuel, what Shmuel said, I didn't want to taint by telling him what it is. He said, do you remember what Shmuel said? When he was standing with one foot on the riverbank, and one foot was on the ferry. Do you remember? We were standing there and he told us something. Do you remember that, that obviously this goes back 
a long time ago. Do you remember? So Amalir, Masa said, sure, I remember. Hachi Amar Shmuel called Amar Beis Chashmonai Malka Kasina Abduhu. Anyone who says that I come from the household of the Chashmonaim is an Evid, right? Deloish Tyre Minoyu, because he killed all of them. The only one, he left a woman. He left a young girl alive from the house of Chashmonai because he intended to marry her. And then the, the lineage would be from her blood, so you could say that he has Hashmonoi lineage. Now when she found out that that's what he's doing, she says, Ela Ahurivisa, only this one young girl. The Salikal Igra, she went up onto the roof, and she raised her voice, and she said, anyone from now on that says, I come from the household of the Hashmonoiim, Avduhu, you should know he's an Evid, because I'm the only one left alive, and I am jumping to my death right now. So Navla Me'igra Mason, she jumped to death and she died. So anyway, point is, so this is corroborates, substantiates the ruling of Rav Yehuda that he said this person is an Evid because it's based on two rulings of Shmuel. Number one, anyone who says that yeah, they yeah, disqualify yeah. either an Evid, he's an Evid himself. And furthermore, and that guy himself out of his own mouth said, I come from the... So the, 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 the house of Hashmonaim, which is the Raya, that he's an Evid because no one today that says come could be, is, 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 that's all. Achraz Aleyta Abduhu, Sir of Nachman, also went and proclaimed that this person is an Evid. So it's not just a first, just saying because he says it, he says, Adabilavadim would be we have the Choshish. But now we have evidence that not just what we have the Choshish about, we now have clear, clear proof, proof out of his own mouth. Now, it says it more like this. Hahu Yoma. That many ksuvas were torn up in our door. There were many women that came from this fellow's family that their husbands now divorced them because of the taint that they had married a woman that comes from a lineage of Avodim and they don't have to give the ksuva because if in fact they are from a family of Avodim so then it's like a Mekach they tore up the ksuvas. He called Nafik. Now, when Rabbi Yehuda was leaving, so I guess there were a lot of families in our door that were very upset because he basically, you know, ruined a whole bunch of family, the status. So therefore, Nafka Basil they all ran after him with stones. They wanted to stone him. They were so upset they wanted to throw stones at him. So Amr Aluhu, so Yehuda addressed him. He said to them, Ishusiku, if you guys are quiet, put the stones down and go back home. Then fine, things will be quiet. But Elo, but if you continue with this behavior, Maglina Alaihu, I'm gonna reveal about you Hada Amar Shmuel, what Shmuel has told me. What did Shmuel tell me? There are two families in our door. One is called the family of the Yona of the dove. One is called the family of Vasi, which means a raven. And the sign of which family is pure and which one is tainted with genealogical problems is that the Tame Tame, the non-kosher bird, which is an or, or, an ore, the family that is called the family of Arvasi, all right, they're disqualified. And Tar Tar, the one that's pure, is pure. Now, I will identify which families in Narda are which, from which group, which is gonna create a lot more problems there for you guys. So you better go home and be quiet, or else we're gonna have even more problems than you have right now. They threw those stones from their hands into the Malka River, the Kam Atmabinar Malka, and it, there were so many stones thrown that it caused a blockage for the river Malka. Okay, not for now. 
Machris of Yehuda ben Pompadisa. Rav Yehuda announced in the city of Pompadisa, which is his hometown, was Rashiva in Pompadisa, right? After Rav and Shmuel passed away, he became a Yeshiva in Pompadisa. He said, Yehuda bar Papa Mamzeira. He said that I have proof that Yehuda bar Papa is a Mamzer. And Biti, Bati bar Tuvia, Beramos Rucha. And this Bati Bartovia, who had one time been a, 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 been a slave. It's interesting, Tovia was the name of the fellow who was the slave before. But anyway, he had been a slave. And when his master wanted to release him, in his arrogance, he said, I don't need it. He refused to accept it, which means that therefore... It means he like was saying, "Who are you to say that I need a, a get shikhr? I don't need a get shikhr for you." So he never received it. Therefore, he still has the status of an evid. Machris Rava b'Mechosa, and Rava proclaimed Mechosa Blae Denae that the family of Belae, the family of Denae, the family of Tolae, the family of Malae, the family of Zagai, Kulam Lipso, they're all disqualified. Now, I understand what's going on over here is that even though on the, at the, on the Mishnaic level, these are all Amorayim, on the Mishnaic level, we made a statement that, uh, that, that Bavel is clean. Remember we said Bavel is, is like fine flour because Ezra had taken out. He says, on the Amoraic level, right? This is after the Churim Baishani, when people were, uh, come back, you don't have that uh, status anymore, and therefore there are impurities now in Bavel, and these, these are situations where they've been identified. Now, says the more like this, Amor of Yehuda, the uh, people that nowadays that call themselves the Gavoe are actually descendants of the Givonim. All right? That's the same sounding name. The, uh, Dornisa, there's a city of Dorae, that the, 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 the city of Dornisa, Nisinoe. All right? That's actually, that's called Dornisa because it's Dor of the Nisinim. It's the, it's the city of uh, uh, the Nasinim. So it's also that city that's known, Dornisa, that was called that because all the Nasinim lived in that city. I'm Rabbi Yosef. Hi, Beikuvi de Bumbadisa, the city that's known as Beikuvi, that's, uh, it was like a village surrounding Pompadisa, Kulam da Avodi. There it's tainted. They're all descendants of slaves. I'm Rabbi Yosef, I'm Shmuel. Arba Meos Avodim. There were 400 Avodim. Farmerland, some say Arbaz, I love him, Avodim. There were 4,000 Avodim. Havale le Pashkur ben Imar. Pashkur, the son of Imar, okay, uh, right? They, he owned either 400 slaves or 4,000 slaves, all right? Now, he was a Kohen. Now, the problem was, is that a Kohen who owns slaves, what is he allowed to do? He's allowed to feed his slaves Truma. These slaves used the fact that they were eating truma to go around saying that they were kohanim, right? So therefore, therefore they all ended up mixing into the kahuna by saying the kohanim, and people married them into, uh, I mean, daughters of kohanim, because usually they're used to the kohanim to stick together. So daughters of kohanim married into it, and now you have all of these avodim mixed into the kahuna. And therefore, any Kohen who acts with chutzpah, 
It's a sign, because chutzpah is a sign of mamzerus, and therefore if they act with chutzpah, it's a sign that they have that lineage tainted to these avodim, and therefore they are one of them, they are mamzerim. Again, this must be going with the opinion that holds that an Eved who has relation to the Bas Yisroh, Rabbas Cohen, the child will be considered to be a mamzer. Now, Amar he says that all of Pashkur's descendants, the slaves of these descendants, they all live in a, in a certain area, the row, a row in Nahardo. All right? So therefore, it's not clear exactly what that means because, what, because actually Nahardo didn't exist anymore in the days of Abaya. So it means whatever it means, that, that early in earlier days they knew where they were, and therefore they, didn't, they, 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 they were careful not to marry into them. Pleiad Rabbi Lozen, and what it says like this, that this idea that this, these, these Kohen who has brazenness is a sign that he's a mamzer, according to Rabbi Lozen, he says, Fakir. It's true that by a regular person, Azus, having that chutzpah, is a sign of being a mamzer. But if it's a Kohen, that's a sign that he's a Kohen. Kohanim have that brazenness by nature, and therefore it's not a raya that they are mamzerim. If you see a Kohen that has his Azus Metzach, that's actually one of the things we say, by a Kohen, no, that's actually what that's, that's expected. Do not consider, do not worry about him that he is considered genealogically tainted, Shanamar, because the positive says concerning the Kohanim, your nation are like the Meriva Kohan, like the, the, uh, the, the quarrelsome Kohanim. Means Kohanim are known to fight, they, 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 they are into me quarreling. That's, that's the nature of Kohanim. Okay, let's go back to it. Amrav Avin Bar Abba Abba Arda Amar Rav. If a person marries a woman that's genealogically not fit for him, when a Kodesh Borcho brings his Shechina on the Jewish people, he'll testify about all of the Shvatim as to who is from which tribe and, 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 and divide them up. But ain't made a love. On this person, there will not be any testimony. Shechina will not be on him. Will have the testimony for Yisroel, but not this person who messed up his genealogy. Which means that according to this opinion, that La'asid Lava, when Mashiach comes, they will be identified as being genealogically unfit. When will there be a testimony as to which Jew belongs to which tribe? As long as the tribes can. Uh, uh, are, are tribes of Hashem. They kept themselves genealogically pure. But if they're not keeping themselves genealogically pure, they do not get that testimony that's going to uh, uh, be given by Akadosh Baruch Hu. At the time when Akadosh Baruch will rest his presence, again, it's only going to be on the genealogically fit families of Yisrael. He, at that time, Um Hashem says Hashem, I'll be a God who for those that kept themselves 
families of Israel. L'chol Yisrael, it doesn't say L'chol Yisrael, to all Jews. It says, Ela Nehemar, El L'chol Mishpachais, only those who kept themselves as families of Yisrael. V'hema Yuli L'am, and then they will be for me a nation. Amar Abba Baruchuna, Zu Ma'ali Yisrael Yesh Ben Yisrael again. This is, you see, a advantage that if you're born a Jew is, 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 is better than if you convert. The Ilu Be Yisrael, if concerning born Jews, it says, V'yitzem Lehem Lelohim, I will be for them a God. V'hema Yuli L'am, I mean, Hashem does the first step. I will be a Hashem for them, for the, for them, and then they will become people for me. But Ilu Gerim says, the puzzle by Gerim says something different. It says, Mihuzeh Arav Elibo, Lageshes Elainu Hashem, who is the one that pledged his heart to come to me? The Gerim have to first come to Hashem, V'yizem Lila Am, and then I will be, uh, then they will be for me a nation, V'anich Elainu and then I'll be for them a God. So by Gerim, it has to be the other way around. They come first, step forward first, and then Hashem follows through. Am Rabbi Chelbo, we've had this many times. Converts are harmful for the Jewish people like a sapacha. Sapacha is a form of tsaras. Shenemar vanilva geraleim. It says that the that the uh, the converts will accompany the Jewish people. Venisbechu base Yaakov, and they'll attach themselves to the house of Yaakov. Venisbechu, they'll attach themselves. Is an interesting word. What does it mean? Ksivach. It says venisbechu, they will attach themselves. But ksivhasam by the laws of tsaras, it says la seis or sapachas. It's different types of tsaras. So you see what sapachas. So the geirim for the Jewish people la sapachas. And that's interesting here, Rashi and Tosis brings down Rashi's Pshat. He says that means because they don't do the mitzvahs as well as the, uh, as, as, as the rest of Kla Yisrael. And therefore, and we get blamed because now Kla Yisrael, we get blamed for what they do. We're punished. And they also influence other people to do the wrong thing. Tosis brings down, I believe from Rabbein Meir, one of the Abalei Tosis brings down over here, exactly the opposite, is they make us look bad because the way the Geirim keep the mitzvahs are much better. So it has a negative impact on us, not because they're doing it worse, but actually because they are doing it even better. When it comes the time for to purify the tribes, Shifto Shalev Matachila. First, we'll start with Levi. Levim Kohanim are all purified. Who's good, who's not good? Shanemar Vyoshav Matsarev Matar Kesev. That it says that he will sit as a, as a refiner, as a purifier of metals, and he'll purify the silver. Vatir is Bnei Levi, and the puzzle continues, and he'll purify the children of Levi. Vizakak Oisam Kazavach Kesev. And he will purge them as one takes out the purifications of gold and silver. Vayula Hashem Agisha Minchavit Stoka. And they will follow up by then being able to bring Hashem offerings uh, in righteousness. Amr Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Kesev Metar Mamzerim, he learns the opposite. He says, wealth purifies the Mamzerim. What does that mean? He holds that when Hashem comes at the end, he will not identify. If we don't know who's considered disqualified, he's going to leave it. Now what does that have to do with wealth purifying it? Shenem of Yashem of Matar Kesev, that a Baruch will sit and purify like the purifier of silver. Means because of the silver, he will say they're purified. Generally, what causes people to be socially accepted? Money. When they have money. So when the person has already become accepted in society, that money they had, they're going to leave things the way it is. All right? Now the problem is, how do you understand the end of the puzzle? The end of the puzzle says, and then they will bring offerings. So the first shot means he purifies the Levium, and then the Kohan of will bring offerings. Well, how do you understand, the, the, according to this shot, that he's going to leave the Mamzerim, then he's going to leave everyone alone and not, disqu- and not identify who is disqualified? That what that's actually this is a charitable act that Hashem is doing for the Jewish people. That families that became mixed 
with this disqualification, Nitma is going to be leave it. He's going to leave it mixed, and that's 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 what he's doing. An offering of righteousness. He's going to actually leave things the way they are because think about the damage that could be created to the Jewish people if you start identifying. Who is uh, disqualified? He's not. It could mess up. And that's a charity. Therefore, they will not be identified. Lost his love. We'll stop over here.